0: What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching.
1: Try to suck up to me, everyone.
0: I'm Gordon Bombay, the new hockey coach. All right, let's go! Learn me! come
2: on! We're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together.
0: You know why? Because we are ducks. And ducks fly together. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. Way to go, man. Way to go. I'm Mike, that's Tommy. Hey, what's up? Kevin's not here in his place is a very special guest. He is Harvey Cook. He's a camera assist operator and D2 and D3, also a Trinidad coach. Uh, Thanks for being here, Harvey. Appreciate it.
1: Uh, No problem. No problem.
0: So, first of all, I don't really know much about Hollywood and kind of all the background and the the behind-the-scenes stuff. So, what exactly is a video assist operator?
1: Well, a video sis operator is um, actually the origin of video assist, uh Jerry Lewis actually invented video sis. Once he started uh, making his own movies, he somehow rigged a video camera on the actual film camera so he could see the scenes back that he was patching in. And that kind of laid the groundwork for, uh, you know, my, uh, profession as a video sys operator. Oh, okay. Ah. So what we do, we connect to the, right now there's a built in uh, video camera inside of the camera. So I connect to that and have monitors and set up video village. So we're the, Director and producer sit so they'll, you know, each scene I record and if they need to watch that back, I can play it back mm-hmm. or any other department, usually like props or the script supervisor, if they want to make stuff, make sure stuff is right for continuity, you know, they'll have to see it back. Um, so that's basically what it is. It's, I just record every scene and play it back, and, and that's what I do.
0: So are you, like, the only one on the film who is a video assist operator, or is there so, are there other yeah, people?
1: Yeah, it's usually a department of one, <laughs> um, which I always like, because there's no weird hierarchy that I had to deal with. Um, but, you know, I can usually hire a uh, an assistant Uh, cable person to make sure they connect to all the, you know, if it's a multiple camera shoot, I usually hire a second, but usually it's a department of one.
0: Gotcha, guys. So just kind of looking at your IMDB, it seems like you had a couple production assistant roles, and then you moved to video assist operator for the Mighty Ducks. Like, that was one of your first uh, kind of big-time films. How did that happen?
1: Well, I was, uh, I was doing video assists on a lot of commercials because oh, okay. it's really used a lot in, you know, the commercial world. And then I got a call to, um, you know, do Mighty Ducks 2 and it just kind of worked out. <laughs> Went down there and, uh, met the guys that hired me and, and then, uh. On the first day they was setting up and the director and the writer, uh, kept looking at me and came over and asked if I did any acting and I said, yeah, you know, I was a theater major in college and then they came back and like, can you do an accent? (laughs) I said, sure, what kind of accent? Then they explained to me they didn't cast, um, the coach for Team Trinidad and uh, just worked out they said hey can you do it and I'm like sure so
2: So was uh, it they were like scanning the room and they was like happened to see a black guy and say oh he's perfect uh,
1: yeah basically black guy with (laughs) dreadlocks you know this was 1992 you know and uh, they were like oh cool
0: so and that's how that's how it happened. Did they give you any so, direction on like what to say or how to say it or anything like that? Um
1: at first they uh um they had a a little s a Caribbean steel band yeah. in the yeah. background. Which was just ridiculous. <laughs> and then they had this machete with these coconuts. So when the kids did the line change, they wanted me to take the machete and cut open the coconut and give it to the kids as <laughs> you know, a water bottle. And I said, no, we won't be doing that because that's completely racist and I'm not doing that. They're like, okay, that's fine. So, um, and that's basically what happened.
2: That is amazing to me. It's like a bunch of guys like, hey, you know, what if we did this where they would, you know, drink out of coconuts instead of regular water bottles? And <laughs> Wow. Well,
1: yeah, we are talking Disney, especially Disney, <laughs> early 90s. So.
2: And, and so when um, when you first, you know, got onto the film, were you familiar with The Mighty Ducks, like the, you know, the kids' hockey movie, the first one?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it was shot in Minneapolis, so... I knew a bunch of people who worked on the first one. So, um, so, yeah, I was familiar with the film and the whole you know, Disney formula yeah. of the underdog team. Yeah, so
2: and so and uh, then you get on for D two and you know, you talked about the ridiculousness of like the the steel drum band or whatever and then the glad they took out that machete and coconut bit. All of that might have been entertaining. Um did, were you like, um, <laughs> this is interesting, or were like this plot is unique, or like what what was your kind of reaction when you read the script, or you know, were kind of on set? No, it
1: it was it was funny because I was curious where they're gonna find all these little uh black hockey players from, <laughs> yeah. and they scoured the U.S. and uh, to you know put together a team for that. Um. So it was, uh, you know, it was it was smart. It worked out okay.
0: <laughs> but Do you still have the dreadlocks? Um, no, I actually cut my dreadlocks uh, about a few
1: years ago. They were after 20 years of having them. <laughs> wow, they're just were so long and and uh, just just too much work. <laughs>
2: I imagine you were tired of getting recognized as the Trinidad coach too, people coming (laughs) up to you constantly.
1: Uh, yeah, no, but, uh, you know, everyone sees someone dreadlocks and like, you know, they instantly think, hey, you're Jamaican, you got some ganja, man? (laughs) It's usually something ridiculous like that.
2: Yeah. Um... Sorry, quick question before we go uh, too far into the ducks. I noticed you also worked on uh, Little Big League, which is another, you know, kids movie. For those not familiar with it, it's um, basically a kid who's the grandson of like the owner of the Twins and he's like a baseball, you know, guru. His grandpa dies, leaves him the Twins, so he becomes the owner and then he appoints himself as manager. And so kind of another kids movie that would kind of never happen in reality. I'm just wondering, like, these um these movies where you're doing it these uh, and they have a, kind of the far fetched scripts, you know how hard is it to kind of like maintain like know oh, this is kind of weird or or do you kind of just like get totally involved like oh this is awesome and uh, oh, we got you know well, celebrities for here that so. one
1: that one I'm just a huge baseball fan yeah mm-hmm. so um and they already hired the video sith guy. So I was like oh, I gotta get on this I gotta get on this so there was a, a PA job I'm like sure which kind of worked out because I kind of uh, ended up doing a lot of the video sis on it too mm-hmm. because the video assist guy had to do um, another job on the show too so we would switch back and forth mm-hmm. um, but yeah so you know few of my kids movies that I did that one and Ducks 2 and 3 and I guess I did some other Disney movies too Um, also like Johnny Tsunami and
2: another great film
1: yeah yeah, and uh, Meet the Deedles (laughs) Um, it was a while George of the Jungle actually the director Sam Weissman he directed that's Um You know, I worked on Georgia Jungle and he put me in that movie also. So, <laughs>
2: yeah, um, an interesting credit for that one as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of, you know, um, but hey, after, you know, 20 years, still get a residual check
0: <laughs> three times a year. So, hey. Yeah. So, you were the. I believe it is, the credit is Bongo Drummer at a Dance Studio in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. What did you have to do for that?
1: Um, just, we were shooting Sam Pran, and, and I would just, they had all these ballerinas, and had me and the percussionist from the group, um, Oingo bongo, bongo, <laughs> And uh, we just played, and just dance and so yeah Sam just kind of like putting me in all his movies so
2: <laughs>
1: if I was working on them yeah
2: so what's the um you know what, what were some of the like, kind of the challenges of when you're um you know be an assist operator doing a like a sports movie where I imagine there's a lot of different uh you know things you have to take in to like make it look real especially when you're dealing with you know actors who might not be as great at hockey as uh you know you have to make them look
1: well i mean that's usually up to obviously the, the director mm-hmm. um and it usually falls into the uh, second unit director who usually does all of the action sequences mm-hmm. and then uh, mighty ducks they had uh my friend, Steve Boyham who's a, a director who used to be a stunt man and, um, who did all the, you know, skating sequence and everything and all the different rigs for the cameras. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for that, it's, it's a little challenging. You know, I had to teach myself how to skate and, <laughs> um, Because, you know, we don't have that many ice rinks in Trinidad, (laughs) even though I never lived in Trinidad. But but yeah, so, you know, it's action stuff. It's usually the stunt coordinator and second unit director make it look all
0: great, and the director takes all the credit. (laughs) Yeah. So they didn't teach you to skate at all? Well, you kind of taught my I taught myself, you
1: know, I was, you know, I was living in Minnesota then and
0: pretty much
1: <laughs> everyone else on the crew knew how to skate because they live in Minnesota and, you know, I didn't grow up there. Um, so, you know, it was okay. It just didn't take me too long, tell a bunch of times, but got the hang of it.
0: How necessary was it for you to skate during those two films?
1: Um, well, it's multiple cameras and, you know, you've, you're constantly moving and to get to the different cameras and run your cables and everything, uh, you know, you need to move fast and you couldn't move, I mean, fast and just regular shoes, but and we did have little spikes in our shoes just sometimes we're wearing those. And uh, you know, so you know, things work move really fast at times and mm-hmm. some movies they work it's like watching paint dry.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I just what kind of differences were there either between D two and D three or just shooting those movies versus all the other ones, the Johnny Tsunamis and George of the Jungles and all that kind of stuff? Um, a D3 was, it was
1: a little more stressful because I had a, the director was really anal and, uh, no one really liked him.
2: <laughs> Interesting.
1: So, yeah, so it made it a little more stressful on set. Um, But, you know, it's it's Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Can't like everyone, but, uh, you know, he was a real D-bag, though.
2: Is there a specific uh, instance uh, you remember that was kind of like a typical, uh, you know, this director is not very great uh, in terms of being a nice guy moment? You
1: know, he was a... screamer and no one likes to work for a screamer you know mm-hmm. so it just there's several mo- moments but i don't want to go into it because you know um, since we're doing this podcast you know <laughs> people can look on indb and see his name and figure out who the d-bag i'm talking about
2: <laughs> well we won't mention it on air so. yeah
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, so just kind of backing up, I guess, a lot. <laughs> just How did you get into working, like, video assist? Like, was that kind of, uh, how did you just kind of make that your career?
1: Because um, after I got on set, I looked around and saw all the other departments. and You know, so I saw what the grips would do and electricians. And like I said, I like being a department of one. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I didn't have to deal with any hierarchy. And you know, like in the camera department, it's a huge hierarchy, and you you start as a loader, then you become a second, then a first, mm-hmm. and you just you know take a lot of shit from everybody else, you know, mm-hmm. in your department. You usually you have to go, you know you know, go get them coffee and stuff and I was like I'm not getting anybody coffee so <laughs> I won't be doing those departments.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when you step up to D2, I mean, what kind of nerves were there uh just moving from a commercial to this kind of Disney major motion picture here.
1: Not much, you know, it's uh you know, not I'm pretty uh even keel i don't really get nervous so uh you know i i knew the job
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's pretty basic you know um push the cotton you know push the buttons and that is it mm-hmm.
2: is there any uh real memorable moments from uh from d2 kind of behind the scenes like uh any like crisis that you know a lot of people might not have uh, realized or anything that um you know was kind of left on the cutting room floor that uh you know kind of a behind behind the scenes look that uh some of our uh, listeners might be interested in
1: No it was I mean all the kids were great it was cool to see them you know mature and grow up from from D2 to D3 and now that they're you know adults and and their careers is fun to see where they're at and um like Josh Jackson and Keenan and and made some really good friends with a lot of crew people that we're still friends today so.
0: Yeah. so you really have that one little kind of cut to the Trinidad and Tobago bench that you're in uh, you talked about they were asking you to do other stuff. Just how much screen time were you expecting uh as when they asked you to be in the film?
1: About the same. I I didn't expect I knew it'd be, you know, just some cutaways and you know, wasn't I knew it wasn't gonna be any you know, a lot of dialogue or anything. Uh you know. I think, you know, scoring that one goal and you know, turn it into you
2: know carnival, and <laughs> um, I knew it pretty much was going to be that. So mm-hmm. we um, we spoke to one of the, I guess he was um kind of one of the like hockey hockey experts. Um, and they asked him to you know play one of the Trinidad players. He was kind of a double for a lot of them, and he said that I guess when they scored the goal, um you know, they're just like, okay, celebrate, whatever. So I guess they celebrated. Then it was like, no, 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 guys, you need to like dance a little bit more, you know, ethnically or something. When you're watching this, is it just kind of that whole like, you know, give me a break? Or do you remember, you know, seeing that kind of unravel?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it might have gave some of that direction for the kids, but, you know, I, I they didn't approach me about you know, dancing ethnically. And since I've already made my position clear about the coconuts and the machetes, yeah. I didn't think they wanted, wanted to uh, ask me to do anything else. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, you know, it's it's Hollywood and yeah. it's Disney. Uh-huh.
0: That's
1: what Disney does. And, uh, you know,
0: I mean, so movie how magic. You... Sorry. No, uh, go ahead. How, I mean, just how do you look at that whole Trinidad and Tobago scene, or those those collections of scenes, that, when you look back on it? How what's your kind of view on them?
1: I, I you know it's, to me it's nothing is funny. I mean it's uh, um, it's it is what it is. You know it's just a little scene in a Disney movie, and now was it.
2: Looking back at, you know, D2 and D3 as a whole, you know, when you saw the finished product, you know, what did you think and is it something that you, you know, you remember fondly or is like, oh, that was, you know, a lot of fun to work with, even though the director maybe maybe was a bit of a screamer in D3, but, you know, you have a lot of good friends from the crew.
1: Um, basically that, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was fun because it was kind of early in my career working on features and, uh. So it it was just kind of cool. You know, cut to 20 years later. You know, then it was like, oh okay. Another movie, here we go again.
0: <laughs> did you uh did you ever ask how or why Trinidad and Tobago like even qualified for the Junior the Games? Like how that team even made it there? Uh
1: no, but You know, this was probably coming off of a cool run-ins with the Jamaican bobsled, so (laughs) they had to keep going with that whole Caribbean theme.
0: Uh Uh-huh. All right, so how do we do this thing called the quack question where we ask people to send in their questions and then we attempt to answer them? So we sent out a call for quack questions kind of relating to you and your part. So Tommy has the quack question. He's going to read it for you
2: now. Okay, this is okay. um from one of our uh Twitter uh, quackalites. It's uh their Twitter handle is just uh totally offside. That's just at totally underscore offside. And this is um, you know, kind of just going right into the Mighty Ducks universe. It's just, you know, how different would D two have been had the Ducks lost a Trinidad and would the story have shifted to a cool running storyline?
1: Yeah, you know, I totally think so. I'm surprised they didn't want to make D four and go with that storyline is, <laughs> you a know, whole Caribbean team, you know, winning the whole thing. So, you know, that's Disney for you. Nowadays, you know, uh, you know, in the whole PC world, you know, they probably would have made that happen.
2: So, hypothetical, Disney comes to you and says, hey, we want you back as a Trinidad coach. We're making D4 <laughs> Are you uh, are you down to be the Gordon Bombay of Trinidad uh, Trinidad and Tobago? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, well, we would we would have to talk and see how much uh, how much money was on the table. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: that's a good point. And still, I wouldn't use coconuts and machete. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely a deal breaker.
0: I mean, did that moment, did you kind of standing up and saying, hey, like, this is racist? Did that affect you at all? Did that affect you with the directors or, or anybody else?
1: No, I, I just kind of looked at them like they were crazy. <laughs> you know, I think they were they were a little apprehensive about asking me. because yeah. I think deep down they knew it was kind of racist. So, um, but, you know, it's. When I made a, I gave them I him that look they knew
0: yeah. that it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean I do think like even a prequel for or I guess it would be kind of a prequel, just how Trinidad and Tobago even qualified, qualified for qualified, yeah. Yeah.
1: That'd be great. We yeah, yeah. <laughs> What other Caribbean islands did they beat to get
0: to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: sure the Dominican Republic team was probably pretty good then too.
0: Yeah, we just yeah, know? but they kept picking up the
1: putt, puck, and throwing it like a baseball. <laughs> so, you know, Dominican I think we, I think we've got
2: something. I yeah. think we need to uh, get this script down and, and start <laughs> checking for uh, for backers.
1: Oh yeah, you know, definitely prequels
2: everyone loves prequels
1: and remakes i'm surprised they haven't remade this you know i'm surprised they haven't made a tv series out of it
0: yeah i mean not counting the cartoon anthropomorphic ducks oh yeah
2: the cartoon
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right well harvey we appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom for us um Anything? Anything? Are you working on anything right now? Anything you got to plug here? Um,
1: uh, no, I'm. Uh, no plug. I'm. You know, I kind of switch hats, and I, I'm producing. I, uh, uh, just a couple of years ago, I produced this documentary on Willie Nelson. Oh, and oh yeah, and went, went out on the road with Willie and. And it was directed by Billy Bob Thornton, so I worked a lot with him. And you know, so we have a few things happening,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, you know, I'll once I start uh, things start getting clear, I'll put them on Twitter and let people know what I'm what I'm doing. Mm-hmm.
2: And so you're you're on the road with Willa Nelson and Billy Bob Thornton. I imagine it's you know. In bed by nine every night, and you know everyone's kind of basically, yeah, yeah, waking up early. You know, on
1: and, a, yeah, yeah. On the tour bus, we had like you know we had Bible studies every night. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> did you still have you the dreadlocks when you were doing this? Oh uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. That's cool. Huh? Any any good stories from the bus that you're able to to tell?
1: Oh, um, <laughs> yes. But that will have to be another
0: time. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, we might just have to have like a special We'll have a spin off. Yeah, spin off episode or something. The Billy Bob Thornton, Willie Nelson, Harvey Cook Hour or something.
2: Yeah. All right. Oh
0: yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh for us the Quackdeck. No Deck, problem. The the dot com for us. Uh at Quack Pod on Twitter, Facebook dot com slash Quack Go to our store, get all our new merch uh go to iTunes give us a five star review tell us your favorite part of Harvey's like 25 second performance in D2 and remember ducks fly together
2: ducks fly together <laughs>